Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. No matter what happens, you've got to hang on. Johnny, relax. Now you give him everything he wants, you understand? Now let's see what happens when we mix these two elements together. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are now listening to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. New episode, and it is season four, episode five. And today we're going to be talking about Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. This is a number one New York best time seller and has sold over two million copies, which is insane. And a big, simple overall message is just tiny changes have remarkable results at the end of the day. So jumping right into it, the big, so we're going to be talking about a couple main things and then kind of spreading off of those main things and giving examples, so to say. So the big first takeaway is small habits have a surprisingly powerful impact on your life. A good example that was given in the book was if a pilot is flying a plane and from Los Angeles to New York, and he makes a 3.5 degree change to south instead of staying on course, that small change of a degree in the long term is going to make a substantial difference. You're going to end up in Washington, D.C., not New York, which I thought was a very good comparison in thinking about making the changes and realizing that these small habits, these small things that we do overall can accrue in life and make it a big headache at the end of the day. So I, I think that is one of the most important things, first of all, just realizing that your habits have maybe a negative effect. And that's okay. We all have habits that are probably not the best that we can break. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we don't notice tiny changes immediately. And that's where a lot of people have trouble, like whether it's going to the gym, whether it's doing homework, whatever it is in college, whatever, or work, you don't see differences. It, it, it's the long term that you're going to be able to realize some of these things. So like, say you're out of shape today, and you go for a 20 minute jog, you're still out of shape tomorrow, right? Or another example is if you eat a family size pizza dinner, it won't make you overweight overnight. But if we repeat these small behaviors day after day, our choices will be compounded to major results at the end of the day. So if you eat pizza every day, it's likely that you've gained a considerable amount of weight after a year. Or if you go jogging for 20 minutes every day, you eventually get leaner and fitter. And even though we don't notice these changes in the moment, they make a huge impact overall in the long term of life. So making a positive change in life, you should recognize that you have to have change and what it requires is patience and as well as confidence that your habits are going to keep you on the right path even though they aren't immediate results which is very important try to focus on your current path rather than your current results so your current results might not be great but keep going in the right direction and in a few months or in a few years you'll see a huge major improvement by contrast think about this if a millionaire who outspends his earnings each month may not be worried about his bank statements for one month to the next but in the end his path it will be harder on him and will eventually catch up to him on his money spending so i think that's a good point as well 
And another thing just being you can make tiny changes to your behavior, which when repeated time and time again, you will have habits that will lead you to big results. And that again is just realizing the, the big path and the big journey that you're taking. Another major point was habits are automated behaviors that we've learned from experiences. So in the book, there was an example of when you walk into a dark room, a habit is turning on lights. There's things that the subconscious mind has downloaded over time off watching other people, whatever it may be, or just the consistent habits. You walk into a dark room, you might be a little scared, or you just really can't see in the first place and you're trying to see, so you flip the switch on. So those tiny habits are what form us and it's hard it's kind of like a dog when you think about it you know it people say it's easier to teach a dog when it's young because its brain is developing same thing as a kid or um, growing up it's easier to teach them and then once they grow to adults it's easy it's harder for them to break those habits whatever it may be so it's the knowledge of knowing that there's habits that happen over time in someone's life they're gonna be hard to break but in the end it's not all good habits are best for us. And that's something that we need to realize. Now, now that we understand how habits work, let's look at the building positive ones to improve our overall life in our next main topic, which is building new habits requires hard to miss cues and plans of action. So all of us have cues that trigger that trigger some type of reaction. The buzzing of your phone is a good example. So your phone buzzes and you immediately check your phone. That's a habit that we've developed over time. And once you understand the certain habit that you're, that you're dealing with and the, that you have a habit with overall and you've just built onto your life with it, you can use this knowledge to change these habits. The first thing, like we talked about, is just recognizing. And I feel like a lot of people know that with the problems, is just recognizing the problem because sometimes we can be so dumbfounded to even think about habits. And I think a good way of finding habits that we don't even know, like example A, I bite my nails and it's something I've done as a kid and it's been so hard to break, but something I've worked on with my cues is putting on this nail polished stuff that tastes terrible so when I bite my nails it's a cue and it's like oh I don't want to I don't want to chew on my nails because they taste terrible so that's something that I've been trying to get better and better with and that's a cue that I've given myself to change the habit that I have another huge thing within this topic is that simple changes to our environment can make a huge difference and that's something that I've recognized and I've even done in my life. I'll give a personal example in a second, but say you want to practice guitar. You leave your instrument in the center of your room and that also helps you recognizing that it's there and that you want to practice. Or trying to eat healthier snacks, leave them out on the counter instead of the back of the salad drawer. And just make your cues obvious as possible and where you're most likely to respond to them. So an example of mine is that every day before I go to bed, I lay out my gym bag, lay out my gym shoes, I lay out my gym clothes, and I lay out my meditation mat, and I put my, uh, like, this butt seat that's comfortable on my 
meditation mat as well. So these are cues that I've developed and realized from this book that are going to really help me de develop these atomic habits over time because I realized that meditating is so important. And there's going to be some of those days where I wake up and I'm like, I'm too busy. I got to do this, 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 this. But when I wake up and I see the mat on the floor, my brain recognizes that, oh yeah, that's something that I needed to do. And after a while, it becomes a habit, and I just lay it out now. Uh, I don't think I need to necessarily, but it's just a habit, and I think it's a good one to have because no matter what, sometimes my brain wakes up and is running a 1,000 miles an hour, and there's like other habits I've tried to develop. Like being on my phone in the morning, I've tried to cut that down substantially. Waking up, I remember uh, Think Like a Monk, another book, just real quick taking a detour, is when he said waking up in the morning and checking your phone is bad because your brain is at basically not moving its gears really. And then you look at your phone and you're developing all this information that's crazy, your emails, your social media, your brain goes from zero to 100 and it's like kind of like your car running. You want to start your car and let it run for a little bit. So... I don't know how to really explain it, how it works with the engine, but that's something that I've always been told. So that's another example. So that's like a habit that I've been trying to break. So I've been trying to put my brain to think that and put do not disturb on at night and then wake up, disarm my alarm that, I, that goes off and then set it back down and then get out of bed as soon as possible. So that's another habit that I've developed that um, I've, I've been trying to get rid of, especially from the book, uh, Think Like a Monk, which was a huge help in thinking about that in life. I didn't even realize that. So... And again, another thing just with recognition real quick is just the knowledge. Like when you read and stuff, you might not realize that you have these habits. So I think it's always good asking friends, family, whoever you live with, or if you live by yourself or your classmates, whatever it may be, that these habits that you have and trying to break them. Now steering back on track is focusing kind of on our intentions. It's like when we say, I'm going to eat better. It's simple hope, but it's hard to follow. So you need to implement an interaction, clear plan of action, setting out when and where you'll carry out these habits that you want to cultivate. And research, and research shows that this works. So you want to just develop a plan of actions. So a study of voters in the United States found that citizens who were asked the question, at what time will you vote? And how will you get to the voting station? were more likely to actually turn out than those who were just asked if they were going to vote. So it's just like asking yourself these questions and developing a plan that works for you. I think doing a schedule is amazing as well. I always have a to-do list and I stay to that and I prioritize different things. And I think that was a good habit as well. So I know I, when I wake up in the morning, my brain isn't, I meditate, I eat, I take it slow, I watch some YouTube videos just to get my brain rolling, and then I write down five things I'm grateful for and three goals I have for the day, and then I also write my planner and I try to prioritize because I know the brain works most efficiently in the morning rather than the afternoon, uh, later afternoon. So that's what I try to do. I try to prioritize the things that are going to be the most challenging, and that's a ha habit that I've developed, and then I'm trying to push forward and to make sure that I have the most productive day as possible, knowing that maybe the harder assignments I do first or whatever I need to do within that day. Another thing is, or main topic that I wanna talk about real quick, is humans are motivated by the anticipation of an, an award, so making habits attractive will help you stick to them. So let's break this down real quick. So 
if you make, so before we get into the meat of it, I just wanna explain something real quick. We, our brain creates dopamine when something feels good. So like um, example is an anticipation of Christmas. Like we feel happy, it's an, kind of an award system, so to say, and it's like, we're gonna get something, the dopamine's flowing, everything like that. And there's like in pleasurable activities that we do, dopamine releases. So the important thing away with dopamine is linking things that you don't like to what you do like. So let's dig deep into that. If you make a habit something we look forward to, we'd be way more likely to follow through with it and actually do it. So a great technique for uh, this temptation buttling is taking a behavior that is that you think is important but unappealing and linking it to a behavior that you're drawn to. So one will be motivating you to hit that dopamine, basically, have that release. So. An example the book gives is this guy wanted to work out, but and he also wanted to watch Netflix, but he ended up coding his bicycling bike once he hits a certain amount of calories or once he hits a certain amount of minutes that Netflix turns on. So he linked Netflix with working out. And obviously, I'm guessing majority of people, including me, are not an engineer. So this doesn't necessarily apply, but it's a good example that we can use. So like say you're on, you want to work out more, you get on the, the bike and your motivation towards the end is you get to watch Netflix, you get to put it on or you get to scroll through a little bit of social media while you're on the treadmill. I guess that would be kind of difficult. But you know things like that and connecting things that you like with things that you don't like and making it a habit and making it an award system is going to work out way better in the end. Another main thing is if you want to build a new habit, make that habit as easy to adopt as possible. You want it to be stupid easy. So like the things that we've given, leaving things out, like a guitar if you want to play more, meditation mat if you want to meditate more, um, a book on your bed if you want to read at night. There's so many things of endless things that can create these atomic habits that one can develop and become a habit in themselves and become a healthy one. I think is super, super important to do. So an example of this is that the book gives, or so to say the author, James, was the first thing to focus on is reducing friction. So the easiness, so say we're talking about a negative habit, so watching TV, you wanna cut down. So a thing to reduce friction, so making it easy, so to say, to watching less TV or Netflix is taking the batteries out of the remote and putting it in a drawer or something that you'll remember but realizing that your brain is going to be like, oh, the batteries are here and it's not in the remote, it makes you regenerate your thinking and think, maybe I was right then and I wasn't trying to watch TV, and it makes it harder for you to watch TV when you want to. Now, you could watch TV, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Now, vice versa, if you want to read more, it's like we said, leaving things out is going to be very helpful. I know I'm being a little bit repetitive, but it's very important to be repetitive to get it through people's process of thinking to get the main message here. A second trick to making a habit easier in the long term is a two-minute rule, as the author says, James, which is a way to make a, any activity feel manageable. So say you want to start reading and you want to read a book a week. That is a hard goal, so we, what we do is break it down to baby steps. So we make it easier and more doable. So you want to read more, but you don't necessarily, you're having a hard time committing to reading. So instead, you're gonna make it a priority to read two pages, just two pages a night. You don't wanna run a marathon, right? You don't wanna read a whole book in a night. 
So committing to something simple and putting running gear every day into gear is going to make it a lot easier. So you read two pages and then you're like, well, I can read a little bit more. So it's just doing something tiny into a baby step and then making it kind of into a snowball effect. And eventually you'll start reading more and more and more. So the two minute rule is a way to build easy, achievable habits. And those can lead to greater things. So once you've put on your running shoes, you're more probable to head out to go for a run. Once you've read two pages, you're more likely to continue. The rule recognizes that simply getting started is the first and most important step towards doing anything. So now let's take a look into the final rule for using habits to improve our lives, which is making your habits immediately satisfying is essential to effective behavioral change. So the final and most important rule for behavioral change is to make habits satisfying. Now, this can be difficult for revolutionary re- or evolutionary reasons, but today, well, the main reason is just because today we live in the academics called a delayed return environment, which is basically like you turn up at the office today, but you return, you don't get a, in return a paycheck until the end of the month or you go to a gym in the morning and you don't lose weight overnight. Furthermore, so immediate returns can encourage bad habits as well. So like smoking may give you lung cancer in 20 years, but in the moment it relieves stress and the cravings for nicotine, which means you may ignore the long-term effects and indulge in a cigarette or vaping or whatever. So when you are pursuing these habits with a delayed return, try to attach some immediate gratification to them. An example in the book was someone wants to eat out less. So the answer was cook more and get healthier and save money. To do so, they openly, they opened a savings account, which was called a trip to Europe. And every time they avoided a meal out, they transferred $50 into it. The short-term satisfaction of seeing $50 land into the savings account provided the immediate gratification they needed to keep up with on track to do their long-term reward, which was eating more healthier and eating out less. So it's attaching to make these immediate gratifications. And there's many examples that can go in with life just in general with that uh, award system. However, pleasurable and satisfying that we make these habits, we still may fail to maintain them. So let's take a look on how to stick to our good intentions which is create a framework to keep your habits on track using trackers and contracts. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, what? Contracts? Let me explain. So let's talk about the first habit before we dive into contracts. So habit tracking is a simple but effective technique. So how do you develop this habit tracker? So it's kind of simple. It goes in with the word. It's just using a simple calendar or to-do list or whatever it may be to cross off every day that you'll stick to those chosen behaviors. And you'll find it effective because habit tracking itself is attractive and satisfying habit. The anticipation and action of crossing off each day makes you feel good and keeps you motivated. So an example that I have is I have a to-do list and it feels so amazing. I try to write down as much stuff 
even if it's simple tasks, like I want to clean my workbench or it'll take like 10 minutes or I wanted to fix uh, a mount in my, uh, in the back of my car for my sub. So I like, there's these simple tasks that I want to do and it's not necessarily like good or bad habits. So to say, well, I guess it is, you're cleaning up, uh, I'm cleaning up my workbench and I'm trying there, my sub was moving back and forth and it was annoying in the trunk. So I'm just learning to fix things and just do things as soon as possible as I can do them. So making a to-do list is a huge habit tracking thing that I've done that's helped tremendously in doing stuff and making me super productive in the day. And it just feels so amazing. And matter of fact, I got this thing off Amazon. It's like a receipt holder. It's like a little needle and you put stuff through it. I have uh, a notepad that I write on my to-do list. And every time I'm done with something, it's so satisfying hitting it through the needle and like I've done all this stuff. And now I have uh, about 200 pages full because I've been doing it since like last year uh, of just stuff that I've, I've been doing. I guess it would be like more like 70 or something, not 200. So, um, but I see, and I can look back and I'm like, I've done all this different crazy stuff and it makes me feel super productive in the day. And it, it's that immediate gratification. Another thing, second technique is developing a habit contract that imposes negative consequences if you don't stay on track. So an example was there was, um, Brian Harris, an entrepreneur from Nashville who took his habit contract very seriously. It was a contract signed by him, his wife, and his personal trainer, and he committed to losing 200 pounds. So what does this contract do? So basically, so you can have a friend, parent, whatever, and they are going to uphold you to this contract. And the thing is, the negative consequence, if he breaks that contract of like, doing something bad his personal trainer will like let him know or his wife they'll be let down so you don't want to let people down so that's another thing that can help you with a contract in developing this and it could be with anything savings uh, a habit you have whatever it may be uh, it can be a signed contract and as we've seen throughout the book sticking to a positive habit even if it's small is a surefire way to achieve huge things in life so wrapping up this podcast and final summary, a tiny change in our behavior will not transform your life overnight, but turn that behavior into a habit that you perform every day and it is absolutely something that can lead to a huge change. Changing your life is not about making big breakthroughs or revolutionizing your entire life. Rather, it's about building a positive system of habits that when combined, deliverable remarks will be a result. And that is something huge. So some actionable advice, use habit stacking to introduce new behaviors. And that's the habits that we talked about. So if you wanna build a new habit, you could try stacking it on top of an existing habit. Let's say you wanna start meditating, but you're struggling to find the time. Try thinking of things that you do effortly each day, like drinking coffee in the morning, then stack that new habit on top. So commit to meditating each morning when you've finished your coffee and build on a natural momentum that comes from a habit that you already have. So that's something I do every morning. So that's going to be wrapping up this podcast episode. I'm going to leave in the description this book if you want to read it because there's a lot more information that I can't dive super deep into this one. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast podcast episode and if you guys don't already follow me on instagram i'm also going to leave that link as well so check that out and all the book recommendations on my website that i'm also going to leave a link in the below with that being said cue the outro this has been the relentless college entrepreneur podcast catch you guys next time